0: Welcome to the Northern Electric Vehicle Experience. It's been about a week since the last episode. Uh, we've covered off a lot of the basics, you know, how to look for an electric car, what are some of the advantages and disadvantages of an electric car, some of the reality in, in uh, fuel savings, um, and we've covered off uh, home chargers, basically, uh, you know, what you need to look for in a northern climate, at uh, quality levels, how to get one installed, some of the factors that will affect the cost of getting one installed, um, that kind of thing. In this episode, we're going to cover off fast charging. That's, that's where you're out there on the road, uh, you're going on a road trip, you start to run low on charge and you need more power. Uh, what do you do? I get this question a lot from random people in the parking lot. Yeah, those people in the parking lot will come up to me. Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question about your electric car? That's fine. Uh, A lot of early adopters like me are very willing to answer your questions, and I know what is driving that question in the parking lot, is they see an ordinary person using their ordinary car, electric car, in the ordinary world, and they are asking you to see If you'll tell them that they should buy it or shouldn't buy it because they're thinking about it, right? Or they have no idea why you would buy it because they really don't know anything and they think you're crazy. That comes too, but not too many. But I live in Canada, so people tend to be pretty polite. What they want to know is, can I live with this vehicle? Will it take me to work and back? Will it take me to the grocery store? Will it take me, you know, to the next town over, to my girlfriends, to school, wherever they got to go, whatever they got to do. They just want to know, will this car work for me? They think an electric car is kind of cool. They've heard a lot about it. They can't afford a Tesla because that's why they're talking to me. Otherwise, they go talk to the Tesla guy. (laughs) But um, they don't, they don't really know, you know, they, there's this nagging, I don't trust the situation. So they, they tend to want to talk to somebody. That's, again, why this podcast exists, is mostly to get people to talk to me, which is just an ordinary person, and get your feelings out there on what it's like to, to live with an EV. The biggest question I get is, how far can your car go? And I say, well, mine can go 383 kilometers. On a full charge a bit more if you drive careful a bit less if you don't and in the winter it goes down about 20 to 25% I tell them the real deal and I and they said so what do you what, what happens if you have to go further well if you're going more than 383 kilometers on an average day sorry I guess really 200 kilometers one way and 200 kilometers back minus a little. Um, then a, you need to get a life because you're driving way too much. If you are like most people, you drive far, far less than that. Most people drive less than 50 kilometers to work and back every day, at least in North America, you get it into the rest of the world. And that goes way down. Uh, only North Americans, uh, are stupid enough to drive. uh in excess of of an hour to work every day. Um, It's just kind of the way it is here. I did it for 25 years, only just recently. I've uh, managed to find a job that is in my field that uh, pays adequately in the city I live in. So that's nice. But for the vast majority of Canadians, we commute. But we don't commute super far most of us commute 50 kilometers or less each day. So that means any electric car out there is good enough for you, even the old Leafs. Like, they'll, they'll do about 125 to 150, and they'll most get most people to work and back most days. And you can get those used now. So if you just want a second vehicle for running around town or for um, commuting short distances like that, it's a fine vehicle. If you have to commute longer, this is my recommendation. Take whatever your average commute is and double it. That's the the driving distance you require uh, for your vehicle as standard. That, in my case, was 200 kilometers a day. It's really a little bit less than that, depending on which where I was. Uh, but it was, it was mostly 200 kilometers each day. And the reason I say double it is you want to have buffer. You want sometimes to be able to move around when you get to work or wherever you're going and come home. You might want to go to the store. You might want to go to lunch. You need some buffer in there. And in the northern climate, you need buffer for winter. And winter will depending on the vehicle will usually reduce your range by 20 to 25% and even more depending on the tires you put on your car in the winter. If you put aggressive snow tires on your car, that will again reduce your range a little bit. Um, if the cold itself will reduce your range, um, people don't really understand why. And I don't know all of the ins and outs because I've been corrected before. Um, The cold reduces the battery's ability to transfer usable electricity. Like in the battery, it's in chemical form. And to use it, of course, it has to be proper uh, electricity. And that conversion process is hampered in the cold. Um, So that reduces the efficiency of that conversion. And it reduces the amount of electricity you will have to use uh, to get you where you gotta go. Yes, you can mitigate your your um, tire loss by using a low rolling uh, resistance winter tire, and they're largely okay. Uh, my first winters ran on an Okean Hacopalita, uh R2, I think it was what the model was. Uh, and that provides a fairly good low rolling resistance snow tire. However, in on ice, beautiful tire. On average road winter road conditions, great tire. But when when you have a fresh snowfall and the snow is fairly deep, it is not a fairly not a very aggressive tire. So you can get bogged down in snow. Um, which, if you're driving a small electric car, you shouldn't be getting into deep snow anyways. But um, I live in Barrie, Ontario. Snow is kind of our thing. It's almost known for snow. Although it's been less bad lately. Mm, wonder why. Yeah, I know why. Anyhow, <laughs> the, the reality is your tires do matter. So when you have to replace your regular tires, your all-seasons, um, and you're, you're looking at snow tires you definitely have to look at rolling resistance of your tire or you could dramatically reduce your range. Um, The options are, there's many more available options now, so um, do your research. Don't count on your tire guy to know what you need. I guarantee you because they don't know. They're probably starting to know a little bit more, but yeah, no. You kind of pretty much tell them, I want that tire. And when they try to sell you some other tire then, no, I don't want that. I want that tire. Um, you could have a list of a few tires that will work for you. Uh, but for the most part, make sure you get the right tire. You do not want to just pick and choose willy-nilly. Anyways, this one is supposed to be about fast charging and about road tripping. A lot of people, uh, they'll say to me, oh, no, you know that, that 400, 300, some of the newer newer cars up to 425, 440 um, range. They'll say, oh, no, that's just not enough range. I give your head a shake. What do you mean it's not enough range? Oh, you know, I go on a trip to the, up to the cottage. It's just not going to work for me. Yeah, how often do you do that? Oh, you do that in the in the summer only. Oh, you only do it twice a year. Oh. I see. So yeah, you really need to buy a gas car so you can twice a year go on your road trip to the cottage. Come on, <laughs> you got to use your head for uh, for a bit more than a hat rack. Um, most people, how do I say this? If you're a gas car driver, and I was for so many years. Um, your idea is I'm out of fuel, therefore I will go to the gas station and fill up. That is not an electric car thing. Um, first of all, you don't ever go to a gas station unless you need you know lottery tickets or, or windshield washer or something. but you certainly not can go in there for gas. I did drive my car a couple of times now to the to the gas station um, and you get the weirdest look pulling up to the pump. Uh, and then you pull out your little jerry can for your lawnmower or whatever, but, uh, your snowblower, but, uh, anyhow, I digress. The, um, the distance you need to drive is your daily commute times two, your average daily drive times two. And then you have to ask yourself, how often do I really go far? I mean, in excess of 200 kilometers, far. And then you have to be real. When you drive a gas car every so often, every few days, every week, every week and a half, you have to go to the gas station, fill that sucker up. And you put in 50, 60, 100 bucks, whatever your vehicle takes. And that takes you to your next fill up. Well, that's not the way it is for an electric car. An electric car, you stick a charger in your home. Typically speaking, that's usually the best way. You stick a charger in your home and you will then charge when you get home every day. If you don't use up uh, more than half of your battery in a day, you might charge up every couple of days or every three days. But either way, you go home, you plug it in like your cell phone, and you go to bed. The next morning, you got a full car. There is no inconvenience to that at all. It is super, super convenient. It is way more convenient than going to the gas station and standing out there for, you know, five minutes in the freezing cold with your hand on the trigger pumping gasoline, sucking fumes, and then going to pay for it or paying at the pump or whatever you do. That is inconvenient. Now, the road trip. Everybody worries about the road trip. They have in their mind that they can only go 383 or whatever kilometers and then they're stuck. That that becomes their limit, their super range limit, and people start getting squirrely. Um, the reality is it isn't a limit. What's different is with a gas car, when you run out of gas, you go to the pump, you pump in you know, an amount of fuel, you pay your money. And you leave all in maybe 10 minutes of time. uh, And that's it. You're on the road again. And this is the image people have in their minds. And they think, well, that's super convenient. Well, having to fill up every few days, every week or whatever, that's not super convenient. And when you're on a road trip, it is more convenient than, than electric charging at the moment. However... 383 kilometers on a road trip represents three to four hours worth of driving, depending on how fast you go and the speed limits of your roads and so on and so forth. I don't know about you, but after about three hours of driving, I'm ready to get out and stretch my legs, go for a washroom break, maybe get some lunch, that kind of thing. Or maybe I'm at my destination. Either way... I'm ready to get out of that car. The last time I went on an extended trip where it just went and went and went and went was 1996, probably. <laughs> um, I go on on several long trips in the summer, but, you know, you're talking max six hours uh, of driving, which for my car would be two charges. If it didn't get me to destination, um, so when you're road tripping, you, you have to do a couple of things. You have to you have to know the apps that will help you find the chargers, because that's a question I get all the time: is how do I find a charger? Well, there's an app for that. Like there is an app for almost anything, or anything, probably. Um, what you do is that there the best app I've found is is share. Uh, and that's, you know, I think it's PlugShare.com, uh, like share, plug, plug, share. If you Google it, you'll find uh, it's a picture. It's a blue symbol with a picture of a plug in it. Uh, that's PlugShare. And it was originally started for people who are willing to let other people use their their outside plugs. So restaurants and some odd individuals here and there would allow you to do that. But as public chargers became more available, they started adding public chargers into the app and so on. And now it's probably the world's most comprehensive list of public chargers. Um, Each individual charger provider's app might be better at doing their chargers, but PlugShare is the best one I've ever seen for doing them all. Like they, they pretty much have everybody's charger on there, as well as those wall outlets that people would offer and so on. Um, but there's Next Charge. There's a few other uh, different ones out there. But the one I use most of all is PlugShare, and it is very available around the world. So I look look that up. Anyways, I'm planning a road trip. Say I want I'm in Barrie and I want to go to Ottawa. I will. I know that that is beyond my range. I can get there in, you know, with a full charge plus a charge along the way. I will get to destination. But I have to find that charger and I have to know where it is. It has to be in the right location. It has to be available. Well, available has become a lot easier. There's a lot of chargers out there on the road now. So I would go into the PlugShare app. Well, first I would go into Google Maps, figure out how I'm going to get there. And then I would go into the PlugShare app and see what's along my route. Odds are, there's a few on my route. So I'll be able to pick a different point where I can pick up a charge. Now, I'll usually try to choose a route that has several chargers in a reasonable amount of range to a stop on my way. And I'll also want to see what am I going to do while I'm sitting there charging? I could have a nap. Yeah, I'm not a big nap guy. Lunch would be a great idea. Place to go to the bathroom, maybe a mall, maybe a food, food, uh, eatery area. Um, those kinds of things make it interesting. Some of them are in downtown cores of towns, so they encourage you to you know shop the downtown and maybe eat in the pub and, and whatever. Um, you need, in most modern electric cars, about 40 to 45 minutes on a fast charger, a good fast charger, uh, to get up to 80%. Um, so you're, you're going to spend a little bit of time there, but not a ton. Um, once you've plugged in your car and you've made your way to the restaurant or whatever you're going to do, say a restaurant, you've ordered, you waited for your food to come in, you got your food, you leisurely ate it, you went to the washroom, you paid and you left. If you haven't used up 45 minutes, you're doing it wrong. But it does create a bit of a more leisurely idea to your drive. It's not like, go, 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 got to get there. No, it's more of a, let's, let's make our way there. We'll enjoy the drive. Um, You buffer in that time to stop and your kids will usually thank you. Your spouse will thank you. You'll be less grumpy when you arrive, less tired when you arrive. And it's actually not a bad thing. Um, In... Really, there's not a lot, of, a lot of trouble to it. That is kind of, if there is a downside to an electric vehicle, that is it. If you go on a road trip, you do need to, to take a breath, slow down a little bit, and charge for yeah, about 40, 45 minutes. Now, some newer electric cars charge faster, Teslas charge faster, um, but the bolts are a little bit slower. Um, some of the other cars are a little bit slower. Um, as the the market develops, they're getting faster. Um, you might have heard me say there, you charged about eighty percent and you go. Why eighty percent? An average person who's driven <coughs> driven gas or diesel, their whole life fills up. So when you say to eighty percent, that rubs people the wrong way. But I've heard people say, it takes me like two hours to fast charge, and it costs so much money. It's, it's crazy. People said to me it was only 40, 45 minutes, and it's like two hours. It's that long or longer if you charge to full. If you charge to 80%, it's 40, 45 minutes on a proper charger. Some less if you've got a better charger, it'll. It can be actually faster if your car can take it. And that, there is variations. They're starting to get faster. Some of the newest cars can easily do it in half an hour, um, and some even faster. Uh, but when you're a gas driver, you think fill up. When you're an electric car driver on the road, you think eighty percent, and you need to wrap your brain around that because you don't fill up in an electric car with a fast charger, it just doesn't work. Um, your car's battery can handle fast charging up to about 80%. After that, it has to slow down to basically top off the battery. You, you can't pour power in there at f- rapid speed right up to the top. A, it would be damaging to the battery, uh, and the physics just aren't there. Um, you'll find there's a few cars out there or starting to become a few cars out there that say that they can fast charge right up to the top. Well, they can't. What they're doing is they're leaving a lot of extra battery space in the upper end. So this would be a higher end car that would tell you you've got a 75 kilowatt battery, and it's really a a 95 kilowatt battery. So you can fast charge up to 75 kilowatts. Yeah, but you're leaving, you're paying for and leaving 20 kilowatts behind. So I'd rather it was honest with me and and did it correctly. All modern electric cars will give you a battery buffer on either end, usually a kilowatt or two, and that is uh, to protect the battery. If you don't discharge the battery completely and you never charge it up completely full, then it is better for your battery. Uh, There's physics behind that. Don't ask me. Trust me, though. It's real. Um, Some of the original electric cars didn't do that, and they found out over time that 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 was causing a problem because people would fully discharge the battery, and they would fully charge the battery, and it would shorten the life of the battery. Where modern electric cars, the batteries will literally last the life of the car with minimal degradation on the battery. Okay, fast charging. You've you've used the app. You've looked for a place to find a charger. You also have to make sure that that charger has your charging standard for fast charging. There's a few charging standards in the world. I might miss one, but the ones I'm fully aware of are Tesla's own standard, CCS Combo, Chademo, and Type 2 CCS Combo. Um, As I understand, could be wrong on the Type 2 one. Don't know a lot about it. But I'm pretty sure in Europe and Australia, they have a Type 2 uh, CCS combo. uh, Where in North America, you have J1772 uh, CCS combo. Now, I could be wrong. It could be Type 2 and a J1772 CCS combo, two ports on the same car. I don't know that. But uh, if anybody wants to write me and and fill me in, like I know I have a listener or two in Australia, and I know they operate on a Type 2 there, but they also use J1772 um, and Chatemo and CCS, uh, according to PlugShare. So if someone wants to write to me and tell me how that works, that'd be wonderful. I'll include you in the pod. Um, When you are doing your road trip i'm assuming you're going to spend the night because if you're driving like six to eight hours to go somewhere i don't i'm not i don't know about you but i'm not driving six to eight hours to come back you can also use your app to find places that are have a level two charger in a motel or hotel or near a motel or hotel and then you what you do is you plan to charge there call ahead and make sure your charger is available and will be available for you. Most hotels will reserve it. If they only have one or two, then they'll say, okay, if you're coming, put down a deposit on the room, we'll reserve the charger for you. Some don't. Sometimes it's a crapshoot. Then you have to go for breakfast in the morning and charge. You get the idea? But so far, it's mostly, okay, Best Western in uh, Canada has a charger at most of their places. So that's a good one to go with. Uh, also, if you use VRBO or, or Airbnb, many, many of them uh, offer a charger in the home as, a, uh, as an incentive to to use their home. What else? Um, really, that's about it. Uh, road tripping is a lot of fun. Um, it's a good time, uh, even in an electric car. Like uh, this summer, we plan to go to Quebec City. Uh, in our electric car. So that will mean probably two to three stops along the way. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. You smell the roses a little bit more. uh, You really do. Uh, You have opportunities to see places along the way. It's no longer just a drive-through town. It now is a town to stop, charge, look around, shop, eat, experience. Um, It does slow you down a little bit. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Some people are like, oh, but I got to get to where I'm going. Well, yeah, you got to get to where you're going. But you got to experience and live life too. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about an EV and be realistic about how often you really do road trip and how much of an inconvenience this is for you. If you are, say, a traveling salesperson and you're literally putting on a you know, five, six, seven hundred kilometers a day, then an EV might not be right for you um, at this time. Or you might have to go for something like a Tesla that has a very good network and particularly good charging. Um, or you could go for a good plug in hybrid, uh, which will, will save you a lot of money on fuel. Uh, but but you will you'll still be polluting you'll still have to deal with fueling up you know uh, or if you wait a year two maybe three at the most you'll find that the charging speed and the availability of chargers is going up um, so you may make the choice a little bit later but trust me if you silverly uh, look at how far you go, if you keep a travel log for for a few months, you look back on your history for a few months, if you, you, if you get that uh, kind of creepy Google what you've done this month thing that they send to you to say, hey, you've been to here, here, and here, it's a little creepy. But at the same time, it also tells you where you're going and what you're doing and how often you do it. So you'd have a good ability to understand how far you usually go and how much of an inconvenience an electric car might be for you. Bear in mind, factor in, that you have a lot less inconvenience in your daily commute because you're fueling at home. It's costing you a lot less. Um, And you're also, uh, because electric cars do not require very much or even any, uh, routine service. So you're dealing with, you're not dealing with the oil and filter changes. You're not dealing with a lot of the, you know, the spark plugs and the belts and the this and that's that are in gas and diesel vehicles. Um, there's literally almost no service. You have to look at the cooling system once in a while, usually cabin air filter, You have to maybe have your battery checked up after 100 or 150,000 kilometers. Uh, Beyond that, there really isn't anything. So the inconvenience of taking your vehicle to the shop at 5,000 kilometers for its routine checkup, that's just not there. So you have to keep that in mind uh, when you're factoring in your road trips and the length of time it takes to get to here and there. Um, I think you'll find that the minor inconvenience for a road trip is vastly outweighed by your daily conveniences with an electric car. Well, I think I'm at about a half an hour, so I should be wrapping up this podcast because I want to keep them on within the 30-minute range. I'd like to uh, thank, thank you to my new listeners, some of them as far as away as Australia, the United States, And a few other places, so it's starting to grow. It's still minutely small, but uh, we're we're starting to move along. Uh, It would help if you could like the podcast in your platform. Uh, If you want me to keep uh, producing this, then I need to see my uh, my listenership grow. I'm not in it to make money, but I am in it to inform. And if people don't listen, then I can't inform. I want to thank you very much for listening, and we'll probably see you in about a week.